GBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Triple B. I am Scott T73, along with Robo Doll. There we go. So you put the pause at the beginning that time. How did I put I said Robo Doll? It's in between Robo and Dog. Yeah, but there was a pause at the beginning from when I said and. You, like, pause before the robo. Oh, that was for dramatic effects. Well, yeah, it was nice. That's what I'm saying. It was nice, you know. Oh, I appreciate that. I didn't even notice I did that. Yeah, it was was a nice change-up. Speaking of change I have to remember that. I've I've been internalizing my Trevor Bauer tonight. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, speaking of change-ups, anyway. Or, actually, it should be curveballs, but... Oh, man, his curveball was so nice tonight. I don't think I've seen a prettier one as consistent in a game than that one. That was just amazing. It was amazing. And, and then you will, that your, your bar will be exceeded tomorrow when we watch Corey Kluber. Hopefully I'm still nervous, man. You know, I'm not, I'm going to be nervous the whole entire postseason. I'm going to be, you should be nervous. nervous. I will be nervous too, but think of, Think of the celebration <clears throat> after we win the World Series. Oh, trust me. I've thought about it. I've thought about it for how old am I? Thought about it for like 40 years. I man. will I will go completely crazy if we win the World Series this year. I yeah. <clears throat> there's there's going to be for, there's going to be tears and you know, yelling and screaming and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, For that, our listeners, you should know that I'm as big of an Indians fan as I am a Browns fan. And I have been an Indians fan loyally longer than I have been an intense Browns fan. So, well, you know, I, I gave my Indians story last year when we were doing this. But, you know, that's that's maybe we should hold been, off this year. Yeah, right. <clears throat> no, but yeah, the Indians have always been my 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 team. You know, I Browns, Indians and then. There's some basketball team in Cleveland too, isn't there? Mm. Something. I don't know. I heard Mm-mm. they're pretty good, but anyway. I don't really care about them. Yeah, well, I don't care about basketball. Well, NBA isn't really basketball anymore. Well, basketball is not basketball. Tra- it's a horrible. You sport. can travel. You can't defend. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, what's the point? Exactly. It's a horrible sport. Like I said, it is a horrible. Yeah. Well, it's not a horrible sport no, as it's designed. A sport. It's a horrible sport I, as executed today. I've never liked basketball. It's bad evil anyway <laughs> so this is a show about the browns so let's talk about the browns really yeah well sometimes i guess sometimes it is i don't know i try yeah so so cleveland cleveland the browns they they played in the battle of ohio last week well i don't think you can call it a battle it's more like skirmish the massacre massacre of ohio. the massacre of ohio there we go the recurring massacre yes. of Ohio. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know what, though? It, it was a bad game. But looking back at it, when you watch it, there's a couple key plays in that game that kind of turned turned it. And how many of those plays were Kenny Brit, was Kenny Britt involved in? One. Two. Just one? Two. <laughs> I'd say two. The interception. 
which was a killer, by the way. Yeah. Because what? We were down 7 nothing, and Yeah, and we were driving. coming back. Yes. Yeah, so that was just a killer. Um, and then the other big killer one was, you know, the Cincinnati guy being allowed to grab Pepper's face mask and yank him to the ground with it during the big Giannardo touchdown. Giovanni Bernard touchdown. I mean, that was a pretty egregious face mask penalty. That that was a non-call. Oh, yeah, Um, that was horrible. At the same time, I'm not willing to say that was a game changer because... Well, it was because that's what put him up 14 to nothing. Yeah, but when you when we effectively scored zero points with our first team for the entire game and they scored 31, okay, I'll give them seven. Heck, I'll give them seven and take seven for us, and the game's still a blowout. Yeah, but but would it be though? I I don't think it would have. I been. think so. I think I, I think, think if if we come out and we match their touchdown, so it's seven seven. I think it's a completely different game didn't. after that. But we didn't. I know, I know, we didn't, but we didn't because Kenny Britt can't hold on to a football. Right. So, which is why I'm not bitter <clears throat> about the refs missing the face mask. Oh, I'm still because bitter about the that. Bra- the Browns hurt themselves more than the refs hurt the Browns. I, like, I'll, I'll put it this way: I'm bitter about that, but not because we lost. I'm bitter about that enough. call because that that is the kind of call that should be called in every game. And actually, it should it be it should be looked at by the league, and it should be a fine because that's but a then, safety rule. But then, did you see the the Vontaze perfect roughing the passer penalty? Well, yeah, that I mean, was... to me those were equally yeah. egregious. No, it, it, it so was. so I they agree, extended but... the refs extended our drive right with but... with that roughing the passer penalty, and we still didn't score. But my my problem with that is there. They're going to err on the side of caution with a hit like that, especially with perfect. And it's arguable. It's arguable that that was that that was the right call because he speared him. His his helmet was down. I mean, whatever they say, cool. But I mean, you that was that was a ticky tacky penalty. My my problem that they gave to us. My problem with the face mask is that that's a safety issue. Like we're not talking about like a a holding penalty that they missed. You know, those get missed. I understand that. We're we're talking about a a play that could have hurt one of our players or in the worst case killed him. Like you have to call those things. Especially when it's that yeah. obvious. Like, it was obvious enough that I saw it in real time and was yelling at the TV. And then when they kept replaying it and, you know, the announcers just ignored it. Like, oh, look how wonderful that run was. It was wonderful. And, you know, I'll give you, the Browns really messed it up. I mean, you know, he he probably would have scored anyway. But yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my rant for the night. How's that? It's a good rant. Yeah. But I'm sure we're gonna have more rants. Oh, I'm sure we will. Especially when we get into our 
discussion here. Which yeah, is... and so I, I think I think again the the two things that that I take away from this game that are you know strategic bigger picture concerns or or at least things of interest about the Browns instead of uncontrollable individual bad play and and I I attribute uncontrollable individual bad play to things like Jabril or I'm, or I'm sorry not Jabril Preppers but uh Kenny Britt uh just being completely incapable of catching a pass and I and also Jabril Peppers taking wrong angles right. um I mean I, I think I think those things will get fixed over time either by new players or by players developing but but the things that individual play that is is harder to fix over time and i and by that i mean quarterback play that's more interesting to look at and and schematic philosophy is is interesting to look at um and and you can look at it both offensively and defensively and and see sort of evaluate how greg williams and hugh jackson are doing as as play callers and as architects of a football team um and so I think the first easiest thing to talk about is Kaiser and and is Kaiser as bad as his stats lead us to believe he is? No. And so I mean he statistically he's he's fairly not good. So why why do you think that he's better than his stats? Well, because first of all, look at the the receivers he has. I mean, nobody catches anything. You know, he's he's cleaned up the interceptions. He only had one last game. Um, what they sack him once. You know, so he he's cleaned up that. His decision making is getting better. You know, he, he threw some balls away that he needed to throw away. Um, you know, I. I think he's getting there. You know, he he's he's going to be raw, and he's not running an offense that is made for a rookie. Kind of like Watson. Watson in in Texas in Houston is running an offense that's set up so that he looks good or looks better. Do you know what? Do you know what Kaiser's QB rating against the Bengals was? Probably like 10. I don't know. 5.8. Wow. Do you know what it was against Baltimore? Uh, 6. 3.7. Wow. Well, he's getting better. And that's QBR, not straight up rating. Right, but he's he's getting better. That's true. Least. No, I just think... I think the team around him um, needs to be evaluated in this decision, and I think we need to understand that he's a raw rookie. So you have Deshaun Kaiser, who is in Houston running a offensive system, or Watson, sorry. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun's. Yeah. You have, you have Watson Too many running Deshaun's. this system that's made for, um, you know, rookie quarterbacks. It's made for him not to fail. 
Um, and eventually what's going to happen is other teams are going to figure that out. Other teams are going to figure out how to stop this vanilla offense that O'Brien's running. Um, because O'Brien doesn't care about development. O'Brien cares about wins right now. O'Brien's playing for his job. With with Kaiser, Hugh cares about development. He cares about developing this kid and getting this kid ready. And so he's in a very complex offense. And what's going to happen with that is he's going to be able to build up momentum and not have to worry about teams figuring him out and going to the more complex system after that, what he can do is he can just go continue. And it's it's going to be better in the long run. I mean, I because I'm telling you what, watch. Watson by the end of the year, you watch the big story in the NFL is going to be what's wrong with Deshaun Watson. What happened to Deshaun Watson? Because they're uh, the teams are going to start figuring him out just like they did last year with Wentz. Well, they figured out Wentz last year, but this mm-hmm. year he's he's, he's done pretty well for himself. Questionable. He's ranked number six in the league for for total QBR. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think Wentz is is beyond questionable and, and is now in the. Uh pretty decent category he he has he has some he has some quirks in his in his in his last three games he has four touchdowns and one interception in the for the season he has six touchdowns and two interceptions there's there's questionable things there with him that people are talking about so i mean he's He's still running a developmental offense. I mean, he's still. I mean, he's still not running the the most right. sophisticated offense in the world. But I would, I would be very cautious to say that that after a season and and some change, that what the Eagles are doing with Wentz is a failure. I mean, I think the Eagles are are, are succeeding uh, very well with Carson Wentz. Well, they, they... Uh, and and you know, if if all of these other teams can well, succeed, the then why can't we succeed? Well, I mean, and I, and we I think have. it comes down to, and, and I agree. With, I mean, I think your your rebuttal is perfect. Um, I I wouldn't use Carson Wentz as an example of of the failure of this approach, well, but I I would say that when Carson yeah, Wentz I, throws I, to I, Nelson it, Aguilar, it wasn't he catches meant the ball. to as an example of a failure of the approach. It was it was meant as an example of what happens when a rookie quarterback comes in and looks really good for the first half of the season and then looks bad the last half of the season yeah and you know maybe maybe Washington will do that and you know uh, not because I have any sort of and it's not because I have any ill will towards Watson except I really want the Houston (laughs) traffic to be as high as possible I hope Watson does have a terrible second two-thirds of the year I don't want Um, the kid to fail I just I I never thought he was going to be a good QB so coming in, I didn't want us to take him either. And and 
No, and I, I still don't necessarily want Watson. I, he's still, again, I, I yeah, think his agreed. ceiling is fairly low. Um, right. Which brings us to which brings us to Kaiser. So now, so Watson's ceiling is low is because he kind of has a noodle arm, and and he's still learning to run a complex offense. And and maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't, but we'll see. Kaiser, I think mentally yeah. is starting to get it. I mean, I think that he's starting to have some a, a really impressive presence in the pocket. I think he's really starting to to throw it intelligently to the right people and in while well maybe not every play he throws it to the right person he generally does throw it to the right people um the thing about the thing about kaiser that scares me is that while while his statistics this year are generally uh unimpressive due to playing on a team with kenny Britt, um the the thing that really does concern me is that i think that it's it's rare where you see him throw the ball and it is it is exactly on point where it needs to be. Uh, he's making his receivers work really hard for a lot of their receptions, and and when he needs to put the ball in a tight spot perfectly, more often than not he's not able to do it. And and while I understand that processing speed. Uh, the ability to read defenses, the ability to understand a pocket are things that you can mentally improve on upon years. I think historically speaking, accuracy is not one of those things which which dramatically improves once you become a, a pro quarterback. It's 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 one of those things that that you either have at this point in time or you don't. And and right now, to me, it looks like he is below average in accuracy. Maybe not to the point where it's going to prohibit him from being an average quarterback or maybe even a, a slightly above average quarterback. But if we're looking for an elite quarterback, I don't know if that's what we have in Deshaun well, Kaiser. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm his, wrong. What do you think? His accuracy is really that bad. Um, I think some of that is on the receivers and him not having worked together enough, really. Um, because I mean, if you look, we're, I don't think we've started the same receiving unit two games in a row. Have we? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, but at the same time, but at the same time, he's missed people on simple slant patterns by like five yards, guys who are completely wide open like nobody around them, and he just throws it in a yeah, but, in a way that is completely that impossible is to catch. Him um, over in other anticipating or him, you know, again with processing speed and not necessarily an accuracy issue. I mean, if a guy's running, if a guy's running a slant, is that a and and he picks the right guy and he throws it? I mean, is that a processing speed issue or is that? I mean, he's just not putting the ball where the player is, and it's it's not even an anticipation issue. There's no cut involved. There's there's no complex nature to this. I mean, it's just the guy runs a slant. He's in his slant, and then he throws it. So he's not he's not timing the throw, which is which is sort of the next level quarterback thing that he needs to understand is is how to throw the ball before the cut is made, so that that he can really defeat tight coverage and and. 
and right. succeed at, at the highest level. But, you know, that's something that you can grow into. I'm, I, that's not something that, as a rookie, I would ever expect him to do. Um, but I would expect him to hit a, a simple slant play. Who was, was it Duke Johnson who was, who was running a flat pattern just, like, straight across the field on a 90-degree pattern, like, p- completely perpendicular to uh, the, the direction of travel and was – had had a defender five yards ahead and a five yard behind and Kaiser manages to throw it so far in front of him that he can't even like reach out and touch the ball. Right. It's just completely hopeless. Um, and there are other instances where, where he's had open receivers and it, and maybe there's a miscommunication, but he ends up throwing it in the middle of nowhere. But even more commonly, it's, it's like he throws it into the dirt. I mean, how many, how many of these, throws are thrown at the shins of these wide receivers and we see Corey coleman make a freaking fantastic catch at his toes um or we see was it was it lewis who who he threw through the ball extremely low and who would have had a first down that would have moved the chains in, a, in an extremely important drive and and it ended up ending the drive because because he had he couldn't right. hit his open receiver. Right. It's, it's things like I'll that. I'll have to that watch that again me. because my my the, the way I'm remembering it is I I'm not remembering him being as inaccurate. But you you're you're probably right. Um, I just I just don't think he's as inaccurate. Well, as, and as and also think. I'm. We're, we're both speaking from anecdotal evidence right. and whether the number of inaccurate passes are comparable to the, the like our, what, what percentage of total right. passes thrown are that inaccurate and how does that compare to the average? I don't know. Um, it, but it looks worse when, when he needs each of those passes to be on point because the, the team right. isn't good enough. His weapons are not good right. enough. To have that room for error. The fact that Kenny Britt can't catch balls that hit him in the chest 25 yards down the field for yeah. a first down in the red zone, things like that are are completely oh, crushing Kaiser. I mean he, he needs he needs receivers that that are at least good yeah. enough to catch the good no, throws. I agree, I agree. And and I think that each week he has done he has improved dramatically each week in and how he's used his checkdowns and how he has evaded yes. the rush in the pocket uh i mean i i don't know what i mean I, I don't know what his average time to pass in each week has been i would i would bet that last week was shorter than the weeks before yeah. although yeah. still probably longer than we would like but 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 furthermore, his feet are taking him in into the better places in the pocket, right? So that it's less critical that yeah, yeah, it's, he, he has that, that quick that stuff release. Is getting better. And and I want yeah, to. I mean, that, that stuff's getting better, definitely. Um, I think we should probably take a break here, and then we'll come back with our second segment, where we can talk about the upcoming game. With the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And uh, (laughs) what we're drinking is I'm still drinking the cheap stuff. So, oh yeah. 
So we will be back. TBR. In a little bit. <laughs> See ya. Hey, have you ever been outside and your legs were cold or people were giving you weird looks? Hi, I'm Darth Batman from the DBN Network, and I'm here to tell you about this new innovative product, pants. Pants from the makers of Loincloth and Fig Leaf. What are pants, you ask? Pants are this new lower body clothing, much like the skirt, except for with our patented pant leg technology that wraps the clothing around each individual leg. How does it work, you ask? Pants are very simple to operate. Just stick each leg in the pants on opposite sides and pull up. Just that easy. You may be wondering how much a wonderful product such as this would cost. $100? $200? No. With this radio-only offer, you can purchase pants for a simple price of $19.99. Just call 1-800-I-NEED-PANTS. And if you call now... We will throw in a second pair of pants for free. Just pay extra shipping and handling. Again, that number is 1-800-I-NEED-PANTS. Operators are standing by. Welcome back. This is Triple B. I am Scott T 73 along with... Robo... And I, I do want to apologize. My my voice is kind of going. I don't know. I've been must have been the exciting Indians game. Yeah, well, I I haven't been yelling. It's just you know the the yeah, air time, that time of year. Yeah, it's that time of year out here. We're changing seasons as much as we change. I mean, we don't really change seasons, but you know, there's still well, yeah, all the pollen and crap in the air so anyway both both myself and mrs robo were a bit under the weather this week as well and so completely understand that yeah but so you know i apologize because my my voice is probably annoying or really low no more than normal oh that's nice thanks (laughs) so that's thanks thanks for that that. so anyway let's let's forego all of our depressing conversations that we talked about having but didn't have last segment and let's talk about potentially our most winnable game of the year (laughs) coming up against the jets Uh, i'd be careful about using that here um and to be honest with you since you brought that up um i think that's been part of the problem this year is that people expected us to like whoop the Colts and whoop the Bengals because they think that the Colts and the Bengals are really bad teams and they're not. The Colts are a really bad team. The Colts are not a really bad team. The Colts I are... I think they are. The, I think the Colts are a playoff team with Andrew Luck. I really do. I think they're lucky if they make a wild card spot with Andrew Luck. But they're going to be a good team. They're not a bottom-of-the-barrel team, is what I'm saying. People had Cincinnati Cincinnati and the Colts as two of the worst teams in the NFL. I don't think Cincinnati's in that. I don't don't put Cincinnati in that same category. I put the Colts in that category, but 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 I don't put Cincinnati. People were looking at Cincinnati and their first couple games and going, "Uh uh-oh, 
they sucked this year. So who are your bottom five teams in the NFL right now? Right now? Um, I think we'd be bottom five. I'm not going okay. to deny that. Uh, us, I think the Jets are bottom five. Um, God, who else? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of... I can't think of anybody right now. But definitely us and so, the Jets. Of, the course, of course, us and the Jets. I would I would argue that... Uh, oh, be... the 49ers. Yep. 49ers are down there. Um, possibly Tennessee? I don't know if I'd Tennessee's Tennessee a tricky one. Um, but really, I don't think there's that many really, really bad teams. There's us. Right. There's the Jets. Yes. Uh, and then I would probably... I would put in Indianapolis. Indianapolis's only win is against us. And they're still down 65 points on the season. Um, I mean, I guess. I just... I don't think that... I... I don't know. I just... I don't think the Colts are in the bottom five. I really don't. Especially when they get luck back. And then I would put Miami. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'd put Miami. Miami doesn't... Miami has the potential to, to surge out of that, but right now they're in the not bottom with, five. Not with Cutler. He just doesn't care. <laughs> Cutler played well. Like, Miami's losing not because of Cutler. Eh. He's... When, I, when I've... I've watched pieces of the Miami's games, and he's he's playing fine. He's not getting any help. True. I mean that that like wildcat though was hysterical. I love that. <laughs> well, but did, if you're gonna ask me, who would who would did, the Browns did, did have a better hear... chance to win with? Oh, sorry, did, Cutler did, did you or hear Kaiser? It? Oh, I would pick Cutler. Yeah. Yeah, but did you hear Adam Gase explain that? No, I did he, not. He apparently told Cutler to do that. <laughs> the whole because and his reasoning was actually pretty sound. In that, if he takes a step forward, the cornerback can hit him because he's considered a receiver. Yeah. If he stands there or takes a step back, it's a penalty. So he told him to just stand there and not do anything, <laughs> which is exactly what he did. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, anyway. I just I I think people had too low of a value on the Colts and the Bengals. Again, we'll have to agree to disagree about the Colts. Uh, I I just I see them as as pretty bad. All right, but I mean, I, who 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 is the Colt? Who are the Colts better than? Let's ask this question. Who in the NFL is is better than the Colts? Yeah, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. I'll 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 give that one to you. Maybe the other team that I should be throwing I forgot about the Bears. Oh. The Bears are a bottom five team. Yeah. And I think they're more bottom than the, the yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, I forgot about the Bears. 
Wow. And the Giants are zero and four, but I. Yeah, but the Giants are the Giants are weird though. Yeah, they are weird. Yeah, the Giants do this all the time. Like I, now, I expect the Giants to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, because they do this all the time. They start out like, like they look like they suck, and they're not going to do anything. And then next thing you know, they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know what's up with the Giants. I don't know what's up with that. I don't think they're a bad team, though. I think they're no, they're no, playing I don't think bad. So. But I don't think they're a bad team. Yeah, Chicago though, de- the Bears are definitely one. Um, but it, the the Cincinnati game, I think people and people still don't want to admit that Cincinnati is a good team. They are a good team. You know, and and you look at their their first two games, and they did look horrible. But then they looked really good in their third game after they fired their offensive coordinator. It was still a loss, yep. but it was it was a very good game. I mean, they played hard against Green Bay. So I think I I think people really 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 like misjudged Cincinnati and expected us to come out and win when I honestly think it's going to be Pittsburgh and Cincinnati at the end of the year in the AFC North I think the team that's bad this year in the North is the Ravens I think that's the team that's worse than people think Um. so anyway that's my thing about that because I think a lot of people are are concentrating on us getting beat by a bad Cincinnati team when that's simply not what happened. We we got beat by a very good team. We did get beat by a good team. So, but anyway, on to the Jets. So, what do you think? I think it's going to be tough. Uh I think I think the Jets are playing Above their talent level right now, I think I think they are using Josh McCown as as good as Josh McCown can be used. I think Josh McCown understands Hugh Jackson's offense, mm-hmm. and i I think that I think that the edge is probably goes to New York in my book, um, because there are a bunch of scrappy dudes that are that are playing for self respect, and you know that's what we should be too. Um, well, I think I think we I think, are too. I think they have more knowledge of us than they do of us, or I think we they have more knowledge of us than we do of them. Mm. I don't know. McCown's been sacked quite a lot, and we showed early yes. in the Cincinnati game that we can get to the quarterback, especially if Miles Garrett starts this right. game. Well, he is. He's starting, but he's going to be it, on a pitch. Is it count. for sure? Yes. He's for sure starting, but he is on a pitch count. How many pitches can he throw? Uh, 105. Who's catching them? I hope it's Gomes. Yes, it's Gomes. <laughs> you got it. It's Gomes. Um, no, Peppers. Peppers is going to be the catcher. He's out in the outfield. Um, yes. <laughs> so, but I, 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 I don't know exactly what the, the pitch count entails. Um, but my guess is there's going to be a lot of rotation going on and he's going to be coming in and out of the game. 
um, and that if he plays a certain amount of of reps, that they're gonna just take him out completely, or take him out for you know a chunk, put him back in, whatever. Um, it's it's a smart smart call. I, I'll uh, I I I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, it lets him get out there and lets us see him what he can do without trying to push him into another injury or whatever. Um, but I think with, with miles Garrett in there, I think we have a chance. I think we really have a chance. Um, their defense really doesn't scare me. I think Kaiser might be able to have a pretty good day. Um, hopefully there's no, there's, Apparently going to be no Brit. So that could be a good thing, I guess. Um, We got this. Wait, what's this about Brit? Brit was, did not practice today. He was on the bike. For what reason? Apparently he's injured. From what? Did he like bruise his ego uh, or? Yes, his ego was bruised. Um, I think it was a hamstring. Something he tweaked his hamstring okay. or something. Um, I don't think it's serious, but it doesn't look like he's. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's not playing this weekend, even if he is okay to play. If you know what I mean. Yeah. This gives them kind of an excuse to sit him. Um, apparently, a lot of people like this kid from Minnesota that we got. That's good. I haven't looked him up but apparently he's he's okay I mean he has good hands um and apparently he's fast um apparently Minnesota tried to keep him um on their practice squad they actually offered Mm -hmm. him more money to stay on the practice squad but he wanted a chance to start so he came to Cleveland um he had a really nice tweet earlier today um, about how awesome the town is on a sports day and how much he was impressed and how he loved it. Uh, so, hey, I liked the kid already. You know. Hopefully he got to go. I mean, hopefully he went to an Indians game I'm, today. I'm hoping he got and, to. And yeah. see, what, see what Cleveland on a sports day did you, is actually all about. Did you see what that crowd looked like when Kipnis made that catch? No, I didn't. I and I, I didn't even see the catch. I didn't oh have it on at that God. point. It was, it was like he made the final catch of Game Seven of the World Series. It was that loud. I love that stadium, and I'm so like, glad the fans are out. Bauer in, almost in masses. Bauer almost sprinted out to the outfield to give him a hug. Like he was <laughs> pumped. He was pumped. And it was, it was amazing. It was just amazing. the The crowd was just. Uh, I love, I love, postseason baseball, in Cleveland. It's, the the environment is second to none. You know, you, you start getting the I do the the, chill, you know, the 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 chill in the wind the the goosebumps yeah, yeah. and you know it's just, uh, man, it's just a. Mm. Can't describe it. Last year I last year I got to go to a game in late September at the Jake. Nice. And well and it was 
you there who's that you you know what my my dream is this year what is that is that the diamondbacks, the diamondbacks. And the indians make it to the world series if it if the diamondbacks and the indians make it to the world series and and you want to go to the world series get me a ticket oh yeah and i will drive down with and and watch it with you yeah definitely i'm no that's that's just that has to happen I'm not sure that the Diamondbacks are going to get past the Dodgers, but you know, it can happen. We got to root for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to root for it. You know, Cause just mainly because I hate the Dodgers. But holy crap! If the Dodgers make the World Series, yes, I know. You can come, You can drive out I here, can drive out and we there. can watch You're it. Right. Oh, hey, that would work. Plus, if it's the Dodgers, they would have home field advantage. Yes, they would. So if there's a game seven, it would be out there. Hey. In, indeed. Of course, good luck getting tickets to that. Yeah, I don't know if that'll be possible. I'll take I'll take tickets in the in like the upper oh, deck yeah. in the middle had, of nowhere. I had a friend that went to uh, game seven of the World Series when the Diamondbacks won it out here. Yeah. And he literally sat at the furthest point in the stadium. Like, he was literally sitting against the wall in the top of the deck. So he was, like, back all the way. (laughs) He was just like, I didn't care. It was fun to be there. And especially the way that game ended, which was amazing. But anyway. All right. So... Yeah, that was about football. Back to, back to so, the Browns? Yeah, back to the Browns. <laughs> so what's your prediction for the Jets game? Uh, you know what? I don't even know. I don't know. I'm... I don't know. Because this team... This team, this team, this team, this team. This team frustrates me. And I, I don't know what to think. Like, I... I don't think this team is complete enough to be predictable. Like, I don't think I can predict uh, what they're going to do one week to the next. But I'm going to say that the Browns win. I don't know what the score is going to be, but I think they win. I think they come out, and I think they play better. I'm hoping my fingers are crossed. I hope Greg Williams is listening. I know he listens to the show. You know you do, Greg. Stop playing Peppers in center field. Bring him up. Just bring him up. That way you won't have to worry about the tight ends. Hey, solved a problem. <laughs> I don't know. I have I have a feeling that they are going to change some stuff this week. At least I hope. Um because mainly I think uh Hugh understands that he needs a win. Um not because he's risking his job, but I think he needs a win to show these guys what it's like. 
and to get them some confidence. Um, so I think he's going to try and do everything he can to win this game. So we'll see. But that's that's my yeah, prediction I mean, I, is Browns win. He was going to go all out. He's going to go balls to the wall. Let's let's find everything we can do to to do the, uh, to win this game. Now the thing that worries me about that is is one sometimes emotionally coaches take that philosophy and interpret right. it as let's blitz. And well, true. I think I think we're blitzing too much. In in my opinion, I mean I th- I think I think we're blitzing cornerbacks and we shouldn't be blitzing cornerbacks. If we're going to be blitzing, we should be blitzing linebackers, um, and and it, they are taking advantage of our over pursuit with screen passes, with with picking up, with with throwing towards the blitz. So when you throw in the blitz right. towards where they're coming from, there's generally empty space because that's where the blitzers have, like the blitzers are vacating their coverage zone so that they can go after the quarterback. And so there's at least a momentary lapse where where these guys are open. Um, so we'll see if, if New York takes advantage of the, the same tricks against us. Um, now the good thing is, is I don't, first of all, I don't think that McCown is, is necessarily exceptional as a quarterback and he's not going to be able to take advantage of us uh, the same way that Andy Dalton was. Right. Um, right. I would also say that, that the jets were ranked are, are currently ranked, I think seventh in the league in rushing. And I think this is actually good for us because I think we match up really well with our run defense. Our run defense is actually fairly stout. Yes. And and I think that that if if they're going to try to run against us, that's going to be something that we can take away fairly effectively, and also that we can we can make Josh McCown beat us with his arm. And I think that's a really comfortable place to be in. Agreed. Um, I mean, McCown, I love the dude. I hope he comes and coaches for us. But he he's a statue in the pocket. And we can get pressure on him. And while he has a big arm, he doesn't react. He does not react in the, the most uh, speedy manner. Yeah, well, yeah, that's an understatement. But And, and I hope that with Miles Garrett and Agba as our bookend defensive ends that we can, we can put enough pressure on him where he's right. making stupid, inaccurate throws. Like we saw him at times in Cleveland. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Totally. I'm a little worried about Collins right now, but mm-hmm. hopefully, apparently he's not he practicing be again. No, he's still out. Oh, wow. Still Man, out I, maybe it's time for him to retire. I don't know. Um, I mean, if he's been out this long, I mean, it must be something serious. I don't know. I don't know. It, all we heard today was he's still in the protocol. So that's that's all we know. And he didn't practice today, which means I don't think he can play. Yeah. Because I think he has to practice on Thursday to play in the game. So anyway... So with that, I think we are... What are you drinking today? Oh, well, I'm drinking PBR. I guess it's too late for that. It's not really important. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm just having another Modern Times Ah, Blazing World. Well, I did have a growler of 
black IPA. That sounds delicious. It was. It was very delicious, which is why it didn't last until Thursday. It was gone. <laughs> it was it was gone in two nights. So but I'll 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 have to pick some more up. It was really good really good stuff. So Alrighty. So go Browns. Beat the Jets. Let's at least look like a football team. You took the last couple weeks off. Let's go play some football and stuff. Yeah, but that would be cool, maybe. Yes. <laughs> nice. Alright. We will catch you guys later. Hopefully uh, next week we'll be recording uh, on Monday. In our normal time. Yes. Yeah, who knows but what normal time is anymore. There will be a show. There will be a show. There will be a show. The show must go on. Yes. The show must go on. Yeah. All right, gang. We will catch you next week. Enjoy. See ya. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. Also, you listen to podcasts, check it out.